Hello, bakers. Welcome back to the tent for your showstopper challenge today. The lovely Paul and Prue would love you to make a vegan celebration cake that could be the centerpiece at a party or a happening if it's the 60s. The judges are looking for an inventive, visually exciting celebration cake made from plant-based ingredients only. They can be any shape you like, so from classically tiered to novelty, but they must be utterly delicious. You've got four hours. On your marks. Get set. Bake. Back to Box Podcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with the entire crew. I've got Hannah and Wayne and Katya. How's it going, guys? I feel like that's an extra loaded question, <laughs> this, th- yeah. this particular you, moment in time. Do you think that maybe we should switch the introduction to be like something more, I don't know, um, <laughs> you could be a fish. What could you ever be? Or so I, I don't know to lighten the lighten Maybe, the dark days. Like, I don't know. We can note what hasn't gone wrong in the world. Like the murder hornets haven't resurfaced. That's good. That's true. That's true. That's true. We you did know? escape the murder yeah, hornets. Yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a subplot. As far as we know, they might re, like there might be a resurgence. You know, yeah. next week. See, I would not be surprised. My theory is if you've been on the internet, you know, the Neo Wise comment is in the air and people are like marveling at it. And I know that within the next 24 hours, they're just going to be like, oh, by the way, it's hurtling towards Earth. Okay. <laughs> guys, hear me out. Hear me out. What if we're in the bad place? Because, because, one, I, 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 you know, I, I, uh, people keep saying I don't know how it's going to get worse, and then it does. I, I, I'm going to get a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, that will solve it. <laughs> oh wow! You shoot it. You shoehorned in the reference to the good place. Um, no. that, that's that's actually a good segue into the night's topic. It is. But before we do that, you you want to you want to before we went on there, you said you wanted to acknowledge something. Yeah, that's that's true. Which which is, is very different than tonight. So I just um, the passing of Congressman John Lewis last week. I that was yeah. uh, last Saturday when we were recording this mm-hmm. um just uh you know him as a, a piece of history uh as a comics guy uh i feel obligated to to hype up the the graphic novel series mark there are three volumes mm-hmm. that tell the story of his life uh and just a quick anecdote uh as part of the tunesium three four years ago we hosted john lewis in town brought him and the creators, the writer and artist of uh, of the Marsh graphic novels in to do a talk. And I was lucky enough to be able to sit in the green room with him and just talk for like an hour before he went on. And there were maybe eight of us in the room. And just really, you rarely get to sit in the presence of genuine history. I mean, this guy spoke, he was the speaker before Martin Luther King on the day of mm-hmm. the I Have a Dream speech. Um, mm-hmm. And he was just a guy, like there was Quiznos sandwiches and he was just make sure he was making sure everybody ate. Mm-hmm. He he was taking care of us. He he was so just kind and and present. He was the guest, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, he was the guest, right? You know. Um, and he also talked about the uh, the comic, the Montgomery story, which came out in 1957, I believe, and it mm-hmm. the early life story of Martin Luther King. But more importantly, it was used as a a guide for passive resistance. There were you know art and comics to to help teach people how to participate in protest and passive mm-hmm. resistance. 
Uh, and I, I would make the argument it's one of the single most significant comics ever, ever produced, just purely from a historical point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, that's the book that made him go find Martin Luther King and become part of this movement. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. in this room, and yet it's a Tunisian event. It's comics. It's about March, the graphic novel. But I hear someone of his stature, someone who is going to be talked about in history forever, just say directly, a comic book changed my life. Well, okay, that's all the justification I need for anything I've ever done. So, mm-hmm. so just as an anecdote, that was just a, a pretty remarkable moment. And I, I did want to just acknowledge uh, his passing and, and recommend anybody who hasn't read March really needs to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll link both March and Montgomery story in the show notes. And um, I mean, it's, I should, should point out March's if Montgomery story changed his life. March probably changed so many other people's. It, yes, it's yeah. phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal yeah. The uh, the writer is Andrew Iden and the artist is Nate Powell, who we mm-hmm. linked to in last week's Copaganda show, uh, the, mm-hmm. the comic strip about the Punisher symbol. So so there are connections here. So anyway, that, that's, there's that. Uh, that's let's the somber, sad part. That's, that's, so. the, that's the somber, sad part. But let's move on to something more fun. We, we need a so, fun episode. So returning back to what we were saying, the world's on fire. I, I, I really place. don't want to get to, yeah, we're in the bad place. I, I, I had an argument with Donald Trump this week, sort of, <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Um, I, but I like, don't think you had an argument with Donald Trump so much as everybody else on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, um, but like... We, we're having we're having a, a, a we're having a rough time and I was going to say in America, but on the planet Earth right now, particularly in America. And yeah, the bad place. I can't say she's wrong. So, Hannah, why do you say that? And how does that relate to what we're doing today? Well, I think it's pretty obvious why I said that. But also, like, if you think about the way the good place begins, there are all these things like murder hornets that don't make sense going on in the world. <laughs> and, it, and, and then, like, as it slowly unfolds what's happening, it does make sense. And the only explanation is we're in hell. I mean, I mean, hell is other people. Yeah. You mentioned murder hornets, but do you do you realize it's only like murder hornets were a thing? It's been like six six months ago. We were afraid of wild boars attacking everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was happening. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> that was. And, it's, and, been it, a, it's been, been a, a long. It's been a long <laughs> year. Oh, there, honestly, the, the, there were murder clowns last fall, weren't there? Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's always oh, murder there clowns. Uh, but like, there's a lot of murder things in the last year. Yeah. Let's like not have that anymore. I mean, Can like 2021 be yeah. the year that we have like. Pacifist squirrels. You're <laughs> uh, so open, um, but like you know, it's funny. Old chip um, monks. Oh man. Hey. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, to save us, to save Sorry. us from that. Sorry. Um, I mean, like it feels like we've been living the same day for I think almost seven months some of well like me because i was self-quarantining in january because i was finishing my dissertation it's right. been the same day for seven months and, mm-hmm. and i think that the we originally were going to do an episode back when the world was sort of less on fire um about comfort tv feel good things like the great british bake-off our queer eye that were like kind of wholesome and made you like believe in the world again because mm-hmm. Katya and I were writing our dissertations and it's not a fun task. And when when I right, when I'm stressed out, which I have recently learned because of, you know, the well, I was gonna say armchair therapists of Instagram, but actually actual licensed therapists of Instagram, oh. which there is a thing. Cool. That apparently rewatching, especially comfort television in particular, but especially rewatching television as I am wont to do on the reg, is apparently a symptom of people dealing with anxiety. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, 
yeah. oh, this explains so much about <laughs> everyone's <laughs> Netflix habits in the last yep. two months. Like we need kids wanting to watch Frozen over and over again. Is that that comfort yep. of know, knowing what yeah. happens? Okay, look, right. we're all. Which for me is the Great British Bake Off. Every time I have a moment of stress from dissertation to COVID, we rewatch the Great British Bake Off. It's uh, it's very mm-hmm. soothing, very wholesome. Okay, the food well, is not very wholesome. We just acknowledge the fact that Katya will eat more dessert than is entirely necessary. I mean, th- when whenever that moment reoccurs to me. I, I mean, after the last episode that we recorded, I went downstairs and Josh was making cookies, and it was like I walked into my own Great British Bake Off. Um, we actually is he mailing me cookies because if he's not mailing me cookies after this episode, I'm gonna be very annoyed. We we don't even have your new address. We don't know where you are. Fair. Uh, what if he emailed me cookies? That's a different kind I, of cookie. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Your <laughs> <laughs> kind of cookie. We actually we watched the Great Bish Bake Off season where Nadia wins, and I was so touched oh, by she's it. She's my fave. I started crying. I mean, it was just so nice. Um, and also, like my favorite thing about the Great British Bake Off is that, like it's like not a competition in that it is a competition, mm-hmm. but everybody is so nice. So like if someone's Everyone running is out of so time, nice to each other, they cheer for each other. They help it each is other. wholesome British television. It like is. If someone's peak. running out of time, they're done. They'll help. Yeah, They'll help. People the like it's so it's so good. <laughs> and who's the I forget his name. Who's the carpenter guy? Who was I think one of the early seasons? Hold on. There, there are many men who have measured things very specifically. There's apparently multiple carpenters. Yes. What is this? Richard, who is very delightful. Yes. I, I don't know. I don't really have a point other than Richard is great. Also, in the newer seasons, Henry is very delightful because he's an English literature major. Also, there's really good sweaters in the Great British yep. Bake Off. Yep. Also, Noel has very nice fashion sense. Oh, hold now. on. So, so I just want to make sure we know the topic for the for the listener because because <laughs> I, I wrote the wait, blog wait, we're not just and talking I have a bad memory. So I'm to understand we're talking about we're talking about baked goods made by carpenters and sweaters. That's the whole episode? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, for Katya, this is probably the... It's not quite No, that. it's... it's <laughs> I mean, we're all basically we're all living through this very intense time in which murder hornets may or may not be pending. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, by the way, and, and coronavirus, we know, and the Black Lives Matter protests, we know. We're, we're 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 focusing on the murder hornets because somehow murder hornets seem like the thing that I'm least worried about right now. Also, don't forget yeah. about how we should abolish ICE because they're just pure yeah, evil. Yeah, yeah. Murder <laughs> hornets feels like like of every, of all the problems in the world, murder hornets feels like the one thing I have the most control over in my life. Okay, yeah. so. Yeah. Murder Horrors just feels cognitively like manageable in this moment. Where it's like anything else, I will just start having like Mm -hmm. a low grade or high grade, depending on the circumstances, panic attack. Whereas Murder Hornets, I'm just like, okay, just just stay inside. But wait, yeah, we wanted to talk about like television that is like it's feel good television, like the Break Ranch Bake Off, it's peak coziness. What's what's getting us through the disaster and comforting us and making us feel good? The thing, yeah, a a list of things that like that make 2020 tolerable to us. Yeah, that, that we're watching, that we're consuming uh, that we're, media, yeah, we're kind of specifically although, TV. Although yeah, weirdly, movies. weirdly, mm-hmm. when we conceived of this episode, we wanted to talk about squishy, warm, fuzzy TV, uh-huh. like Great Rich Bake Off. But I think that because of the pandemic, the world caught on fire. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Slash, you know, everything else. Uh, we, I think that uh, that sort of definition has expanded to other mm-hmm. things because what comforts us might be weirder yeah. than we think it is. Um, yeah. We'll see. I'm finding that it is. Oh, like like our running our uh our our running new favorite YouTube channel. 
Yes. Marble League. Absolutely. Uh, look, we're doing a whole episode of Marble Leagues. But we should at least mention it because I, oh, yeah. I, I want to know, oh, yeah. has Wayne caught it yet? I have not. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I just, I keep forgetting, quite honestly. <laughs> It will it's change your all the emails. <laughs> but Wayne, your team's the Oceanics, right? <laughs> okay. If you want to I mean, follow losers, sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're team. they're terrible this year. I'm, I, I see. You have to understand. I've been so, a Team Galactica fan since I was a very young boy. I've always I, I used to grow up. I remember watching <laughs> Marble League as a small child and, and dreaming that one day maybe uh-huh. I could compete yeah, in Marble I, League. I'm sorry, you, you I could dreamed. You dreamed right. of a, so for our uh, YouTube for, channel, uh, not re- for our not regular listeners, Mav, can you explain the joy, Marble, comfort, Marble League and is a sport that is that actually, Marble League? Yeah, it actually started, I think, in 2015 or 2016. When Mav was a young uh, boy. Yeah, yeah, when I was a young boy. Um, but it's, it is a sport that is uh, that is. It's it's marbles that race in and compete in various Olympic style competitions. Um, there are races. There's long jump. There's hurdles. And we would like to specify this is not people playing marbles in no, a no. league. No, they're just These marbles, the marbles moving down are a, competing, moving yes. down a, a, a great, a, a well constructed Lego track. It's great. And there's, and there's all yes. different teams that mm-hmm. are usually grouped together by either design or color. Yep. And each like has a captain and teammates with names. Mm-hmm. And this and personalities. Year, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this year it's being sponsored by Last Week Tonight with John Oliver saving Marvel League um, and donating a lot of money to food banks, mm-hmm. uh, which actually like I think that the, the John Oliver episode that introduced this to a wider audience mm-hmm. was about how unethical uh, sports scene is in a pandemic. Uh, I just want to bring that up to remind people that maybe you shouldn't have student athletes who are unpaid on campus right now mm-hmm. but that's another episode but marbles <laughs> but you can have marble league because yeah. marbles do not transmit covid that's right they have no respiratory system and the commentary that, is fantastic yeah other than that it's a real it's, it's a it's might as well be a sport because it's, it's a sport and the commentator takes it absolutely seriously and it is awesome it's it delightful amazing. It's, <laughs> and, and the reason i feel the need to bring this up is because as regular listeners as you all should be at this point uh, would know uh, Mav and Hannah helpfully pointed out to me that this was the most Katya piece of media in existence. <laughs> I have to say, I agree. The only things that could be added to it is like bunnies. You the marble. The marbles could be wearing tiny hand knitted sweaters. Yeah, yeah. And or sewing was one of the competitions. But I will I will accept that having marbles sew is <laughs> and or knit is difficult because they lack opposable thumbs. So I accept this. Major oversight. I mean, the season's not uh, over yet. We don't know that that but, won't happen. But <laughs> this is this is true. This is this is the most physics-y based sport in that they care about physics in the commentary that I've watched mm-hmm. in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and what is, what is curling? Curling, physics? they often talk about physics. <laughs> yeah. Not to the extent of Marble League. Does. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, uh, the caveat there was that I've watched. Uh, <laughs> I like curling. Yeah, it's great. Curling's never available. There's there's a lot of there's a curling league in Pittsburgh, Mav. Uh, A really good really good friend of mine is a competitive curler. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, remember when the Olympics was supposed to happen? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That was. They they just started building. We're only talking about happy things. Right. Don't need the Olympics. I got Marble League. The Marble League is so much better than the Olympics. They they started building a curling stadium here. Stadium, whatever it's called, a curling tent i don't know 
here in Pittsburgh, like <laughs> last fall sometime. And I'm sure that has also just been. Yep. <laughs> on, that's on, stuff. On, on Marble League. League. Happy, happy, League. happy, happy, Marble happy. League. <laughs> but yes, Mar- anyway. So, okay. Clearly, I've been enjoying so we can Marble do, League. So, so we can do an episode talking about Marble League. Okay. But, but yeah, but um, yeah, I have, um, I, I've been discussing with, our, you know, our good friend Andrew at the protagonist podcast. Um, he and his wife are also watching all of, of all of Marble League. And mm. also my friend Kingdom James of the Handsome Genius podcast, who was on the show on our show a few weeks back, um, he devoted his entire last episode to just talking about Marble League. He didn't, he didn't even have a guest or a co-host. It's just him raving about how amazing it is. I'm telling you, it is the best thing ever. It's, it's great because it takes like it takes actually it takes like the weird absurdity you sometimes get in like very dry British humor. Mm-hmm. Adds some kind like adds like the I I don't even know what appeals to people about sports because I don't watch a lot of sports, but I'm assuming some of that. The thrill mm-hmm. of victory, the agony, agony of defeat. Defeat, <laughs> defeat right. And just like oh. and I think there's also like the childhood nostalgia of play with marbles and just like a shot of like pure whimsy that's just like, oh, this is exactly what I needed. There's like there's 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 no downside to this. The only thing that could possibly happen is like interpersonal conflict between different groups of marbles, which happens. It does happen yeah, sometimes happened. on the show. <laughs> there's controversy sometimes. It's amazing. There was an injury this week. Somebody had to pull out. It's so great. Well, 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 the How? Okay. Uh, you know, somebody pulled somebody pulled a tendon or something. I don't know. Like they they substituted somebody out in the last competition. Yeah. <gasps> but like, yeah. if you watch the qualifiers, the jungle jumpers just like jump straight off. The, oh, off the off the off the off the plunge, yeah, the pl- yeah. on the um on the funnel plunge, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's very dangerous, you know. The marbles, these are, these are marbles that are in the tip top of marble conditioning, you know. <laughs> like these are athletes; they're marbles that are athletes. Unless you count the pinkies, the I don't think really they, they, athletes. They, they better be playing "Eye of the Tiger" in there someplace because there's no. A, I'm, I'm sure they just don't have right. That, that's that's a style of of marble. Tigers yeah. are marble. But, yeah. Oh, the, the crazy, crazy cat's, cat's eyes. eyes. Yeah, screw them. They're, yeah, <laughs> nobody likes them. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Well, I mean, and and well, okay. So, Kati, you haven't picked a favorite team yet. You said I haven't picked a favorite team. The other thing is also I am I partially because I have just because apparently I'm the person on the show that moves around a lot. Uh, I just relocated to Chicago, which my family's from the South Side, so I'm not like just randomly traveling out. places. Yeah, I have joined on to the family my my aunt's family pod. I'm not like you know whatever spreading COVID all over through the land. Right. Uh, You've been moving around a lot. I've been moving around a lot. Haven't been dedicating a ton of time to Marble to Marble League. Also because I think I want to savor it. I don't want to like binge it. Well, just so we're not just, binging it. We're watching yeah, it. We're as watching it, it week up. to week. Yes, <laughs> and, oh, and just I so, guess I guess I've been watching some of the old ones too, right. just to like yeah, get up wh- on the Marble League history. I need to know. Like yeah. maybe there was controversies from 2015 that mean I shouldn't root for. Yeah. You know well, what I was going teams. to say is just don't. It's it's tempting at points to root for the O Rangers. The O Rangers are punks. I'm I'm against them. Um, also, uh, the Savage Speeders have an offensive name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're very invested in this. Um, we should move on because because they we have. Need their, get, we need we need merch. We need well, merch. Well, yeah, I do want Marble League merch. If they you know they will be linked in the show notes. And by the way, if you also because you asked about this last week, um, I I did link them on the favorite channels on our YouTube channel, so you can um you can go to our YouTube channel and link to 
and go and find Marble League that way. And while you're there, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We we barely have any subscribers because I keep forgetting to mention it early in the show. So <laughs> like now. and subscribe. Um, the YouTube channel is fun. Um, the YouTube channel, like uh, if you, I've been putting up old episodes as I have time, and I put the new episode up usually the day after the audio. Sometimes the same day, but usually the day after the audio version drops. I put up a video version of this podcast, which is usually it's the same as the audio, but then you can see examples of the stuff we're talking about sort of on the side. So even if you're not mm-hmm. going to watch it, subscribe to it. We need the subscribers. It does help. So. Speaking of YouTube, I realize that this is technically a podcast about television. No, no. YouTube oddly, counts because I have, I, have I have one too. So go ahead. Well, and also Marble League is clearly mm-hmm. transcends mm-hmm. all media genres and yes. is its own entity. No, but I think like I was thinking about like TV shows I've been enjoying in quarantine. And I realized with the exception of finally reliving my 90s childhood um, and watching Avatar The Last Airbender, Mm -hmm. uh, which somehow I missed the first time around of my childhood. We were were closer to like college than not when that came out. No, that was still I guess. okay. I was I was watching I I was watching anime through middle school, high school and college. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we were out. I was watching it in college. I'm just saying we weren't like children. It wasn't like sure. Sailor Moon era. But but Appa is great. Um, But honestly, (laughs) other than Avatar, I haven't really been watching a lot of TV for whatever reason. I've been mainly watching YouTube. Mm -hmm. What are you Um, watching on YouTube? uh, A lot of really weird stuff that would not normally appeal to me. Like I've been watching uh, anyone who is a YouTube person has probably and enjoys like reaction videos has probably run across um, Brad Mondo's. He's a hairdresser in New York, I guess. And he responds to basically people posting videos, frying their hair off with bleach. (laughs) Um, Not on purpose. Well, one presumed not on purpose. And I don't know why, but somehow watching people screw up their hair, I find cringy, but also cathartic. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what that says about me as a person, but they're extremely popular on YouTube. So it's not just me. So I take I take comfort in that. Guys, I found the Marble League merchandise. Ooh! Oh my God! Wait, there is merch. Yeah, yeah it's on. It'll be linked in the show notes. Yeah, you'll, you'll you're, you're linking that in the show notes, right? And also, please drop yeah. it in the chat. Yeah, that's well, that's what how. Drop it in the Discord. Put <laughs> yeah. it in the Discord. It's right there. It. Oh my God! Oh my God! Okay, now I have to pick a team, though. Yeah. Well, now I'm kind of considering. Do I <gasps> what? Like, I think that the Oceanic shirts actually look pretty good. Oh I'm- no, you can get one that's just this the the le- the full league. Mm-hmm. You can just proclaim your love of. You don't have to be because I don't like taking sides because I love all the marble. You should not love the pinkies or the O Rangers. One's just sad and the yeah. other's just. The <sighs> O Rangers is like rooting for the Patriots. It's just wrong. <laughs> I mean, but in general, I I I I support just the whole concept of marble. That's fine. Is that an That's option? fine. You can you support know, like the, the logo for the marble. Yeah. I, okay. I like I like the logo for the. Midnight yeah, Wisp is a respectable team. Midnight Wisp is my second favorite team. Yeah, and that might be. Sorry, guys, we're not actually doing a real, real oh, yeah. episode. We we're just going to talk about Marble League and what merch we're going to buy. <gasps> <gasps> I can get a no, well, flag. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll take us. I'll take us back around. Um, you know, Avatar actually like has been something that I've heard a lot of people rewatching or watching mm-hmm. for the first time, and Absolutely. it's real good. And, and and Legend of Korra, the sequel to Avatar. It's a, it's about to come out. Mm-hmm. That that's about to come out on Netflix in August, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And 
Uh, what I and like, there's been a lot of posts on Tumblr about this, but I re- what I really like about Avatar is it like is actually a lot more critical of Empire than pretty much any adult TV <laughs> show I've ever seen, um, and handles it really well. Um, right, because once the Fire Nation attacked, everything went to hell. <laughs> yeah, which like, by the way, Josh knew nothing about the show, and I said we should watch Avatar. He's like, oh yeah, well you know, once the Fire Nation attacks, so apparently. <laughs> that's just in the zeitgeist because the world's on fire mm-hmm. there we are right we're back around and, and maybe that's why it's cathartic is like you know we are living through the time of the fire nation in various respects and you know it's about children coming together to like overcome the horrendousness of oppression and tyranny and you know cartoony fascism well i have a youtube show that actually relates to the world being on fire but oddly in a good way that you know takes a little bit of backstory. Um, <laughs> I listened. You know, I listened to a lot of podcasts, obviously, but one of them is Kevin Smith's podcast, and he mentioned that he was doing this. And I just it took me a couple of weeks to get around to it to to listen to it. He's got what I'm going to nebulously call a sitcom um, that he's doing. Now this takes a little bit of explaining. Since since the world is on fire, and since we're we are literally running out of content for television, like the the fall seasons in danger because people can't film stuff tbs the cable channel had this idea for a show that they call i don't know it's called like celebrity show off or something and what they're doing is every week they have five celebrities record a five to six minute youtube show from their homes of whatever they want to do and most of them are doing you know hey here's a reality show here's me baking here's you know me interviewing some famous friend of mine and every week they vote off one celebrity whoever gets the least likes gets voted off and they replace that celebrity with a new celebrity and then all the money they generate goes to charity you get like five thousand dollars goes to your charity every week so anyway apparently kevin smith was invited to do it and he had mentioned that he was he mentioned that he was going to do this so he didn't want to do it he didn't want to do just a talk show or anything like that so it's doesn't it works more like a sitcom than a than a reality show he's playing himself but you know he always does um he has a show which he's calling son in lockdown and the premise is at the beginning of quarantine his daughter uh, kevin lives in a in a home in la with his wife his wife's parents um and his daughter who's now 21 years old and right at the beginning of quarantine because there was going to be they were going to be quarantined his daughter's boyfriend moves in and Kevin, at least in the show, Kevin hates the boyfriend. In fact, in the show, he met the boyfriend that morning. She's like, my boyfriend's moving in before we're locked out, locked in. And then the lockdown starts. So he can't leave. Now, in real life, obviously, um, he knows the boyfriend very well. Um, and it's it's completely scripted and it's goofy. It's essentially a sketch show. And every episode is essentially Kevin trying to trick the boyfriend that he hates into leaving the house so that like he won't be allowed to come back in. But the catch is everybody else in the house likes the boyfriend more than you know. Kevin hates the boyfriend. But the but his wife, obviously, his daughter likes the boyfriend, obviously. And the grandparents, they all, they all they all love the boyfriend. It's just it just annoy. He just annoys Kevin because Kevin is the grumpy's 1950s, 1960s sitcom dad. <laughs> like it, it, it is goofy it is it is campy and goofy and shouldn't work uh well but it but like it's exact like i couldn't watch a half an hour of it but it is exactly right for five minutes a week <laughs> like any longer than that would be too much because they're and, and they're i mean and they're just like ridiculous farcical things uh, on one episode he you know 
he's trying Har- Har- uh, Harley, the daughter makes the rules for the house for some unexplained reason. So she's got the rule that if you step outside of the house ever, um, then you, you know, you aren't allowed to come back in for two weeks. You have to quarantine yourself somewhere else for two weeks. So that's what Kevin's trying to do. He's trying to get the boyfriend to leave. And then the boyfriend who is an idiot, he's, he's like a, he's a, he's a dummy on the show, but like sort of a, a dummy, um, super hippie kid. Um, the boyfriend tricks Kevin into leaving instead. So Kevin isn't allowed to come back home for two weeks <laughs> and and he's and he's living with um with jay jason muse um yeah. from jay and silent bob for that two weeks and then when he comes back the boyfriend has adopted kevin's dog so there's a whole episode about that it's just ridiculous <laughs> so and the dog likes the boyfriend better as well like, everybody likes the boyfriend better so it, it is just him him trying to deal with it and i so i just got into the show so then I start looking at um, the kid's name. The boyfriend's name is Austin. So I found out he has mm-hmm. a YouTube channel himself and he's like a really nice, sweet kid. Not, not I don't know if he's an actor. I don't know what he is other than being, you know, the boyfriend of the daughter of a famous person. And like he talks about it. He's, it. He talks about it on his YouTube channel. He's got a video. He's like, yeah, it was really weird. Like um, I've been living with my with my girlfriend and her family. My girlfriend's father is Kevin Smith. And one day he comes and he knocks on the door and he says, Austin, guess what? We're, we have a TV show. We're going to be on TBS. And I'm like, OK, so obviously he's, he's just been thrown into this and he just throws his heart into it in these completely very weenyish kind of you know <laughs> kind of plot so Aww. it's delightful That's and kind cute of endearing, and it's though. just and it's just there's things like you know every time kevin walks by kevin walks by the door and and there and and the door like the door to harley's bedroom which has a sign on it that says if the room is if the room is rocking your your daughter i'm knocking or something like that <laughs> like it's just all kinds of and it's just him being up, upset that like oh this kid's here having sex with my daughter in my house because i am a grumpy old man I mean, he makes grumpy old man faces constantly and no one else in the house cares. Um, in fact, the grandparents, he's like, well, your grandparents are live there. And every time you see the grandparents, they're they're just making out heavily and like <laughs> as well. It, it's so ridiculous. I, so I recommend this show. Yeah, I have kind of rediscovered sitcoms as well. I, I haven't really watched a lot of sitcoms in a long time. When I started working at, at Phantom, I worked. I was there to close most nights of the week for a long time. So you must see TV just didn't happen. And I, <laughs> and I just I get out of the habit of watching most of them. Um, I did watch Big Bang Theory out of some weird sense of obligation of these are my people on TV. And, eh, you know, barely. Yeah, you barely, <laughs> right. Uh, but I, you know, I, I saw it through the end and there were things I liked and problems I had with it and whatever, but yeah, it was, it, it, 22 minutes a week, whatever, I, I can do it just to, to see what they do in this world that I live in. But this, this spring, uh, something that, that my roommate Marcel, who's been on the show, uh, watched years ago that I had missed that he wanted to rewatch. It's on Hulu. I'm going to name two shows here. They were both created by the same person, Gregory Thomas Garcia. Uh, the first one is My Name is Earl, and the second oh, yes. is Raising Hope. Mm-hmm. And we just finished Raising Hope, and I really adore both of these shows in a way that surprises the hell out of me. Um, they're funny. They're the humor is absurdist, but they're also little morality plays. Mm-hmm. Um, they they make me feel good. Uh, almost every episode of Raising Hope sort of. I would tear up someplace or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were just different moments. Uh, Marcel, this is for Hannah. Marcel and I have this whole theory that, that my name is Earl is the same universe as the good place. 
<laughs> and he's just trying to make his way in. And it's about being better. Yeah. Like it yeah. starts out with, with a, a lottery ticket blowing to him on the wind, you know, much like that final scene in the good place where mm-hmm. the, with Chidi and, and the, the ticket and whatever. Um, and it's, I mean, the, the basic premise is I'm Earl and I was a dick. I did horrible things to people all my life. And then I discovered the concept of karma. So now I'm going to go back. I've made a list of everybody I've done wrong. and I'm going to go back and fix it. Mm-hmm. And hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it's, it's really incredibly well done um, in, uh, in raising hope, which I, I think, I think Earl is the funnier of the two shows. Raising mm-hmm. hope is, is the, is the more heartfelt of the two. Um, in, in raising hope too, I, I just, I need to comment on two of the actors in particular. Um, Cloris Leachman, who was on the Mary Tyler Moore show back in the day, plays mama, the grandmother who lives with them. And you can make the case that this is not a very flattering picture of someone with Alzheimer's, but this 84 year old lady throws her whole self into this role. She is fearless, uh, and hysterical. And periodically, because of her, her madness, they allow her to break the fourth wall because it's not really breaking the fourth wall. No one knows she's doing it because she's just not well. Mm-hmm. She'll say things like, well, I, you, you never you know, was on a, an award-winning TV show and slept with the, the Oscar winner Warren Beatty, which she did in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, mama, whatever. But these are things Cloris Leachman actually did, um, which I just, her, her performance is just astounding. And Garrett Dillahunt, who I know... He played two different roles in Deadwood. He was Jack McCall, who, who shot Wild Bill Hickok. And he was, uh, later on, he was a very fancy gentleman who liked killing whores um, and was just kind of the embodiment of evil. He's currently on Fear the Walking Dead as John Dory, who is the best person in the Walking Dead universe. Uh, not necessarily best character. I love him, but he's the genuinely best person in that universe. His comedic talent and timing on this show are just, I, I just couldn't take my eyes off him, his facial expressions. Um, and with the Deadwood connection in particular, uh, Martha Plimpton plays his wife, Virginia on raising hope. And, uh, Martha Plimpton is the daughter of, um, Keith Carradine mm-hmm. who played, who played wild Bill Hickok. Who Garrett Dillahunt shot. And there was the episode of Raising Hope where they go off to a dude ranch run by Keith Carradine, who is dressed oh, wow. pretty much exactly like Wild Bill Hickok. That's cool. So, and, and, and the character John Dorian, Walking Dead, is a gunslinger who worked at an Old West dude ranch kind of place. Mm-hmm. So I think they're all the same guy. <laughs> I, I, I think that. So I've just rambled on, but those two shows have just been a wonderful, heartwarming way of getting through the world being on fire. Um, and that I just, I, I have two more things. I'm just going to throw them out there. I'm going to move from sitcoms to movies. We talked about these, I think, earlier, but early in, in this whole thing, uh, I watched both Good Boys and um, Troop Zero, which is on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And they're both coming of age stories, which Mav and I have well documented on the show, our love of coming of age movies. Both very and, good ones, too. And they're both just really adorable. They're just really fun and funny and heartwarming and sweet. And if you're looking for something that makes you feel good, they they both do that. So mm-hmm. so there, that that's pretty much everything I've, I've done that made me feel good in the last six months. Man, <laughs> those like four things. 
I just watched Jurassic Park as many times as Josh will let me. Um, <laughs> which, which is like, okay, look, all the sequels to Jurassic Park are not as good as they could be, but everybody's been tweeting, I'm so sorry, Jurassic Park sequels. I thought it was stupid that there'd be more than one park or people would try to go back. And now I see through the idiocy of like how people reacted to this pandemic. I was wrong. No, like yeah. it always made sense. Like the fact that people are greedy and will take your money, like it will always make sense. Like people see John Hammond as a Disney like character. Yeah, he's a real bad dude in the book and they soften up for the movie. But he like Disney is evil and so is the corporation. And look at what they're <laughs> doing at Disney World with the hellscape. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop now and uh, make a TV show. Uh, which is uh, Josh and I have like we weren't really reality TV people except for the occasional like Australian Netflix reality TV show <laughs> that I've documented on the show like Back with the X or Love is Blind but <laughs> I discovered The Amazing Race and Survivor um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, actually like we watched the first season of The Amazing Race which was really interesting um, it like premiered like right before 9-11 yes uh, mm-hmm. and it like it's really more of a documentary about like I mean like they still do this and that they bring on people who have pre-existing relationships and see how like doing around the world in 90 days which is basically the premise of the amazing race if you don't can know we what break it is you up? yes um <laughs> it's not even just can we break you up just like how does it affect you um like the, they have like a couple who's trying to reconcile because they have a kid together. They, and by the way, he is so annoying. She does not deserve him. Um, they have, they have, um, you know, like life partners, um, two men who have a dog who's a really cute dog, um, and love to travel. They have a mother and daughter, uh, and the mother and daughter, like get to know each other better, like going on these adventures. They have two like frat brothers who are best friends who I can't decide if I want to punch them or not. Um, anyway, they like, they just like go on like this adventure in like the early two thousands and it's totally different. And like, there's definitely like some like ways that these like Americans in a race are acting that make me cringe. Um, but you know, like, it, it's just really interesting to see how that show was. And like, because my sister is really into the bachelor, like the most reality TV I like was exposed to growing up was ABC's the bachelor, which, uh, is like known to this day still for being extremely, extremely like white and extremely, extremely straight. And I was like, Oh, CBS, what do you, you cast like diverse people, even in like this first mm-hmm. season, it's amazing to like see something different. Um, but yeah, so we, we watched like several seasons, including like um, later seasons of The Amazing Race, including one where uh, it's half like couples who already are in a relationship. And then the other half of the contestants are blind oh. dates who are just matched yeah, up. The blind date. Web. Yeah, the blind date year. I remember that. And that is hilarious because Phil, the host, is like, so guys, have you like found love? And they're like, we found love with the world. It doesn't work out for anybody. They're friends. Yeah. It doesn't work out for anybody. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's- that that was a weird season because I think they were hoping for they were hoping for the kind of love connections that one has when you just kind of what was the show the robot dating show that we watched um um the Temptation Island style too show too hot to handle too hot to handle like too yeah. hot to handle the entire premise of that show is we're just gonna throw a bunch of hot people on an island and cross our fingers tell them they can't have sex and cross our fingers and just hope they fuck for the cameras 
And I think they were hoping for that for, for that season of Amazing Race. And n- none of them did because it really isn't ro- like like being on an on an island with like lots of alcohol and nothing to do but like sit around in the sun. That's kind of a romantic fun thing to, to do on a date that like maybe you'll like fall at least in lust with somebody, you know, being forced to like r- to like run up the side of a pyramid and then through a jungle while trying to solve a puzzle while eating gross. This is not good first date stuff. (laughs) No, it's just mainly exhausting. Uh, Someone did get engaged that season, not the people who just met. Uh, Though, by the way, Harry and Francesca, who got engaged famously over like Zoom via ring pop from Too Hot to Handle, have ended their engagement. So that is is over. I know that we're all very sad about it. Yeah, Um, I stopped caring about them. I have a re- I have a reality show too. Oh well, Sur- uh, Survivor. I should I should point out because I, I I like Survivor too. You didn't talk about that one, but I, I, I will always, talk about it. Oh, go ahead, because I've always liked Survivor more than I like Amazing Race. I I, like, I, I have a reason too. I like Sur- I I like the Amazing Race more than Survivor because in general, to me, at least the seasons I've watched, the people are better, um, and their relationships yes, are. are more genuine. But yes. Uh, but like my thing survivor like and also phil is a very nice man who isn't an <laughs> asshole and i know that i've been trying to but isn't see- the reason people watch reality tv shows because people are awful she's talking about the host she's talking about uh, she's comparing the host to, to jeff, jeff Probst, the Probst, host. which josh used to watch survivor like before we even met and he quit apparently because jeff Probst was terrible he is he's so mean so like there's the season survivor um samoa which is famous for having a man named russell hanson who yes. was an absolute sexist dick he like anytime a woman yes. questioned him he was like i'm gonna take you out and then he like called all the women I think, quote, like dumbass blondes and said he was going to manipulate them. And then famously, horrible, horrible person, probably yeah. horrible person, probably one of the best three players they've ever had. Well, it depends on what you think is a good player. Um, well, no, good, good, at good. I mean, literally at the actual game, he's a horrible person that I never want to be anywhere near. And like I and, I, and, and sickening to watch. But like for he, he was the one person willing to for most willing in the history of the show to forego any kind of moral fiber or anything purely for the ability to come in second in the game. Because Which, the, yeah, he thought he was going to come in first. Also, like this is oh, the best. Not, oh, thing. Oh, oh, you've only watched you've only watched his first opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about Samoa because like okay, Samoa yeah. is like when when famously one of those quote dumbass blondes, Natalie yes. White, beat him. Yes, and uh, it's actually like kind of wonderful because there were actually like a lot of like really terrible men. Um, mm-hmm. So some of them were nice, but there were a lot of really terrible men in that season. And uh, she orchestrated getting one of them off voted off like it was all her Russell didn't do anything and he actually stands up at tribal council and gives a speech that at the time uh like very tired Hannah because we were binge watching this um (laughs) likened to like Portia's speech in the Merchant of Venice um (laughs) and I was like this is how you should play the game who is to say that she played a different game and also like I think it's it's like important to understand that she saw the hand she was dealt and if she went against Russell, he would try to get her out. And like a lot of times in Survivor, it seems, having binge watched too much of it, um, in the too short of time I've watched, like a lot of the times like men will just like gang up on women and also they'll just like protect each other at the cost of yes. women. And it's and it I mean, like, you know, kinda like the real world. How many so, seasons in are you? Uh, I've watched like ten. 
But so, oh wow, because so, it happens the other way too. But yeah, maybe well, not. That's, that's what I was gonna not say. Not much so, yet. Yeah. So Samoa. So I after Samoa, I googled because Jeff Probst threw a hissy fit basically that Natalie beat Russell and is still mad yes. about it to this day. So I yes. googled is Survivor ever not sexist and what, <laughs> what happened was is yes I I got um well one I watched a couple other scenes but uh, I watched uh, Survivor season thirty two and what happens okay. in that season is uh it's a brains versus brawn versus beauty tribe thing mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. there are terrible men like some of the worst bullies I've ever seen on TV anywhere on that show and they annoy the women so much that they break their solid alliances with the men and take the men out one by one by one. There's a few other times that happens too. Yeah. There's, and it's, there, yeah, ah, it's not, it, it happens before that. Yeah, there are, yeah. it is, well, I, was, I just want to say, because before we turn it into just the Survivor show, which maybe we should do a Survivor show, but yeah, I have, I've also watched a lot of Survivor. I've not seen every season. I've seen most of them. Steph and I are both big fans. And here's where, the reason why I said I think Russell is uh, Russell's interesting. This is also why I like Survivor more than Amazing Race. Amazing Race, almost everyone, and I should say, I'm saying almost because there's some people in Amazing Race I have not liked. I've specifically not liked. But generally, Amazing Race is about you and your partner. Maybe it's your husband or wife. Maybe it's your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's your sister, you know, or just some lifelong friend, business partner. But you show up and you and you're, you know, like Amazing Race, totally any two of us could go on and be a team. And, you know, and so the relationship stuff becomes about how our relationship as friends is is evolving as we go on this journey together. But on Survivor, you're mixing like the people are clearly chosen to sort of not get along like they, they, they the producers choose them to have sort of drama. And so you're watching people trying to navigate personal relationships and deal with their ethical code of whoever they are in the real life while playing it against this um this weird it's not quite a popularity contest but like it is very much an art of war kind of game like you're playing against this weird thing and it, it it's it's more of a game as opposed to amazing race which is more of a sport right like amazing race you can win on pure skill you can just be the fastest and the smartest and like like there's a con- there's a, con- a conditioning aspect that doesn't work as well in survivor survivor <gasps> Um, very rarely does the buff bulky guy like the buff bulky athlete actually win survivor. In fact, they usually get gone right after the merge because there's like a strategy to it that like sort of you, you have to play your strategy versus how your relationships are. And then watching the conflicts is interesting. But there's like almost nobody on on survivor. I, I mean, I would never want to be in the same room as Russell as Russell Hans. Hans is absolutely right. But watching him as a pure villain, because he's he's somebody who kind of goes into the game knowing that he's the bad guy, particularly after his first season, I think even on his first season. But uh, but he goes in and he's just like, I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to play this as Dr. Doom and I'm going to manipulate this game. And I think he kind of hoped he was going to win the first season, but he plays like three times and the and the and the three times, maybe four. And after the first time, he knows he can't win. He knows his game, his method of gameplay cannot win him votes in the end. He's always going to come in second. 
So he plays for second. And I remember, I think it's Boston Rob played against them. And he says, and he, Boston Rob, who's one of the, he's probably the, the person who's played the game most times. And he says, it's impossible. I don't know how you play against somebody who is specifically trying to come in second because it throws off everybody else's gameplay. Because he can't, yeah. because you can't, because because everything is like, he gets, after the first time, everybody knows that he's a dick. Everybody knows he's evil. Everybody knows that no one's going to vote for him in the final round. So everybody wants to go to the end with him because if you can get to the end with Russell, you're going to win because the jury's going to vote and you're going to win nine to zero because no one likes them and it throws everybody else off. And it's like really fascinating to watch. And then like he has a, he has a nephew, Brandon, who played who is horrible. He's an awful. Person. I also want to <laughs> say that like uh, uh, the original season we watched was um, Tuka Teens and that featured the quote characters of coach um and also i think a sociopath who does not oh coaches yeah yeah coaches <laughs> like if you want to talk about like man who who like actualizes like cultural appropriation um and also sexism uh but also yeah. like tyson <laughs> is just a sociopath um i think he might have actually been worse than coach um I don't, I don't, I don't know that anybody's worse than coach. At least to me, it's, I'm sure there's personal choices in there, but I just I mean, I find him deplorable. Oh yeah, like I mean, like, like these people are deplorable, and there's, there's just there is something wonderful in watching them get voted off, um, yes, yeah, and getting blindsided, uh, mm-hmm. and like I, and but also like I would never go. Like one day, maybe if I learn to ride a bike, I would go on the Amazing Race. If I were to ever go on a reality TV show, I would you can't never. Ride a bike. No, I can't ride a bike. It's it's huh. embarrassing. Um, I, I grew <laughs> up. It up. Uh, yeah, but I, I grew up where like the there was no safe place for me to practice riding, so I never really got taught. Josh is very concerned. It's fine. Um, but then, um, you know, I, I wouldn't go on Survivor because, like, well, one, like half the food is like mangoes, and that is a no go. <laughs> I'm allergic to mangoes, and 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 all, yeah, and rice, and rice, and, and uh, Josh says Bugs. the greatest, yeah, Josh says the greatest um, reality TV moment he's ever seen is Natalie killing a rat and bringing it back in a coconut because um, people are desperate, and then it's so sad when one team just keeps losing and losing and they don't have anything to eat and they're just like rained upon for like 20 days there's no way and also there's snakes everywhere we have way too much survivor talk on this episode i wonder yeah. how much of it i edited out um, we have way too much talk about this, marble league this, and survivor yeah i was gonna say i cannot contribute to the survivor con- conversation well, in there's any not, way not much conversation but just as another reality show that, uh, that i want to recommend watching because probably people aren't going to go and watch 40 straight seasons of, uh, of survivor so again i can see how you might it, it is compelling um on netflix there is uh, much like um too hot to handle there's another reality show that was on it's only i think there's six episodes um maybe there's eight it's called the circle the circle is crazy the circle is they take um it's they take eight contestants and they put you in a hotel and i'm, I'm sure they're probably filming one now because there's no reason not to they put you in a hotel and you're not allowed to leave your room um and you communicate with the other contestants over um over a social media app that is only for the hotel room for the, for that one hotel so nobody nobody sees each other for real you just chat with each other and um post pictures and maybe they're you maybe they aren't and whoever and then then people vote you know it's like survivor they vote each other out but like they're mm-hmm. but the people are some people are just being themselves and other people are you know you know are 
I am a 19 year old model and I, you know, I love sex. <laughs> and really, it's like a 70 year old dude, you know, like it's exactly like real social media. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but but it's just and the idea is like you get to decide when you show up on the show, you get to decide, are you going to be yourself or are you going to play a fictional character and try, you know, do you think you can get farther in this game and win the money by being honest and being real? Or by, you know, being a fake internet person. And that's, the, and that's the whole show. And it's only like, it's like I said, it's only like eight episodes and it was weirdly compelling. So like there, it, there's, you know, there's no, there's challenges, but they're all goofy challenges. Like though, there's a challenge where they had half an hour to paint a picture, finger paint a picture and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's not like extremely physical stuff. It's mostly just watching these people sort of form relationships and try to form alliances over chat rooms. <laughs> So I'm I'm sure they're filming one right now (laughs) because why not? Why do you think we're finding reality TV comforting right now? I mean, I think at least I don't know if this is true for reality TV. I think for YouTube, like what appeals to me about YouTube, like maybe less of bleach fails, but like a lot of the channels I watch are, you know, like sewing and vintage channels with like people being goofy and like showing me their dog because, you know, these are the things that appeal to me. Uh, And I think that there's something like conversational about it in the way that like scripted television. And when I say scripted television, I mean like uh, written television, uh, written written fiction. Right. I think like it's it's especially as like somebody like who until I got to Chicago, like I've been living by myself. I think there's something appealing about that kind of like approximation of human interaction. Um, that's kind yeah. of comforting. I think you get that. And I think you also get like you get human interaction w- like with drama that has no actual stakes for you. Right. Like, like, I don't want to fight with yeah. my friends. I don't want to. I don't have. I don't want to fight with my wife. I don't want to, you know, like I, I, I but like watching other people go through it is cathartic in some way that I think mm-hmm. is interesting. Even, I mean, like people, people watch reality show train wrecks all the time. And I think it's now, especially, I think there's sort of, sort of, there's sort of a, Oh wow. Like there's, there's a lot of emotion going on there and it's almost refreshing to watch. And then it's over and I turn it off and then I just kind of go back to my life. Right. It doesn't, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's an easy outlet. I mean, like, I, I will say that I think part of the appeal of the amazing race is we can't go anywhere right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, they're traveling all over the world. Oh, pyramids. Oh, you know, mountains. Wow. Mountains are a thing. I forgot those existed. You know? Oh, <laughs> hugs are a thing. I forgot those existed beyond yeah. anyone but <laughs> the people yeah, I live sure. with. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have one thing left. Well, actually, I have two things left, but one I don't have much to say about. One is if you're a fan of Jeopardy, um, the you know, the mm. game show Jeopardy, they ran out of episodes of Jeopardy because yeah. COVID. So now they're playing old episodes and Alex Trebek just comes on at the beginning. and He's like, well, here's the pilot of the show. And, you know, we're going to join you all the way back to 1984. And this is what the show. And that's been interesting to watch. That's kind of fun. Yeah. It's just like, hey, and, you know, and, and you know, all the tele- all the TV historians are like nerding out hard. And it's crazy <laughs> because like you like I, re- I mean, I watched it as a kid. I watched it in 1984 and or 83 or whatever year it was. Right. And 
it was an amazing thing. First off, Alex looks ridiculously young. Yeah. But also, um, but also you look at it and like the like the the board with the questions on it, they're like they're like old CRT TVs. And because like they're they're the best technology they have at the time. And less money. Oh yeah, it's way less money. The amounts are like in half. And like the everything is just so weird about it. Um, because it's just, you know, it's just old school. And the questions just seem so easy in retrospect. Like like we're going through Mm -hmm. and we're like, oh, this is simple. Like this is all kind of stuff that you we just know. Um, but the other thing is, and Wayne, I told you about this when I talked to you the other day. Um, I have a movie recommendation. A movie that is on Hulu. Um, and I think everybody should watch it. It is called Palm Springs. Oh, yes. With Andy Samberg. Have you watched it? Yeah. Yes. And Christina, Andy Samberg and um, Christine Milioti. It is it is a it is. Well, it's a romantic comedy, but it is of the new genre of Groundhog Day because Groundhog Day is a genre now. Yeah. There's there's a lesser, terrible version on Netflix. Don't watch the Netflix one. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I liked Groundhog Day is in this Live, Die, Repeat, the Tom Cruise movie. Um, uh, Happy Death Day, which is a good horror movie from a couple of years ago, was great. Well, this is a Groundhog Day movie. And the premise is very, very simple. Um, Andy Samberg is caught in a time loop. He's at his girlfriend's friend's wedding. So he's a he's a guest at this wedding and he gets caught in a time loop a la Groundhog Day. And he's just living the same day over and over again. And when the movie starts, he's already in the time loop. The inciting incident of the movie is um, is 10 minutes into the movie. um, The bride's sister, maid of honor, she also gets caught in the time loop. So now there's these two people who are, you know, who are looping over over in the same day over and over again. And she's like kind of weirded out when it first happens. And he's like, in fact, the best part about it is when she when she gets caught in and he figures out that she's in the time loop now, she's like, what's going on? Didn't all this just happen? And he says, yeah, okay, so you're in kind of a time loop situation. How? I don't know. It's just a time loop. Just go with it. <laughs> it's like yesterday was today. Yesterday was today. Today is today. Tomorrow will be today. This is your life now. You're in a time loop. You know, in, enjoy. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> yeah, and that's and and that's what yeah. he does. And it's yeah. so great. And it's it's corny and goofy and oddly compelling. Like the 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 two leads, especially, they are they have good chemistry together and it's kind of like watching their, you know, he has clearly been through this loop a million times and she's on like day four, you know, and watching them like play off of each other and sort of, you know, is really sort of interesting. And like it, it is a twist on a love story that like that trope just makes it really interesting. Hannah, you said you saw it already. Mm. Yeah. And and yeah, I, and it's not just I think me and Mav who like it, critics like it you if that is something that compels you yeah this is something that should have been this should this should be if if this had had a chance to come out in movie theaters it would be doing really well that would it would have been like the sleeper hit of the summer easily because it's Mm. it's that good meanwhile theaters will never open again in the u.s in 2020 (laughs) at least yeah well i i i do want to point out while we're talking about theaters and that sort of thing that well by the time you see this it'll be over by the time you hear our viewers hear this our viewers our listeners hear this um this is the weekend of uh, san diego comic-con and they're doing lots and lots of programming online uh, they're doing panels and that sort of thing. And uh, they're uh, they're doing a new mutant panel. I was so, going um, to ask you about that. It happened today. Yeah. yeah I haven't watched it, but uh, I, they're, they're doing one. So 
The, the director, the director of New Mutants, it might be the most positive person in this timeline because he thinks that there's going to be a trilogy still. Does he still think that? <laughs> uh, last interview I read, and it was. Oh my like, god. He he God, he, underst- he understands that they're going to be in their seventies by the time the movie comes out, right? <laughs> I saw a picture. Someone posted a meme. It was a picture of the Rolling Stones and it said, uh, "New Mutants cast gather for opening of film." <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, guys. I want to let's let's play a prediction game. What will come out first, New Mutants or Avatar Two? New Mutants. Yeah, probably in some format. I'm, I'm going to go with New Mutants just format. because I really dislike Avatar. Well, <laughs> well, Avatar got Avatar got yeah, yeah. he he released a statement that he's sad to report that like filming has been delayed. He released that today. Yeah. No only, shit. Is the only <laughs> film actually filming Jurassic World Dominion, which I think is a whole metaphor in of itself. But this is not the Jurassic Park so we've resolved nothing, I think. So we've resolved yeah. nothing. We've resolved, yeah. we, well, we've resolved that you should watch some, you know, watch, marbles. Watch, watch something all, that yeah. makes you feel good. Yeah, watch something that makes yeah. you feel good. Well, I think we've also resolved that capitalism is evil. And you shouldn't go to Disney World, probably. <laughs> yeah. but, they, but they have hand sanitizer there. <laughs> Well, maybe well, in Florida, that's the only place you can get hand sanitizer. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, maybe don't go to Florida if you have that option. Oh, God. Yeah. No yeah. one should go to Florida. <laughs> for lots of reasons. Actually, for all the reasons, maybe none of us should go anywhere. That is not yeah. necessary. And if you live in a largely populated area, you probably shouldn't go to like somewhere rural where they have very few ICU beds. Yes. <laughs> Stay, yeah, stay at home. Watch Palm Springs. Yeah, <laughs> and, and figure out figure out what uh, Marble League team you're going to root for and buy their merch. I I, I, I promise I will know more about Marble League next time we we gather. <laughs> well, if you guys are buying shirts too, I'm going to be really disappointed. Uh, <laughs> I'm I, I'm I might be getting a Team Galactica shirt tonight. <laughs> See, this also like throws a wrench into my entire decision process because now I also have to think of like which T-shirt logos I like the best. Yeah. I mean, that's where uh, you pick your team. That's like what looks best. Like it was either the yeah, Oceanics or the Midnight Whisper for me. They're both blue and beautiful. I, I just I picked like the Midnight Whisper was the, the but I like design the duckies. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna like we are gonna the give the them. We're gonna lose all of our listeners to them now. Is what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> no one subscribes to our to our YouTube channel, but everybody's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we'll, just have, we'll just have to become we'll just have to become a Marble League commentation commentator. T- I'm okay with that. Fine. See you yeah. guys next week for Marble League. What if we what if we recorded us responding it to live? We'll just like watch it together, commentate. I think it'd be great. It'd be like yeah. riff track, mm-hmm. but with marbles. <sighs> So sad. Anyway, my brain has clearly gone off the rails. Oh, yes. so. People find you online. Uh, you can find me on the Instagrams at just that nerd kid, um, where I don't really post things because I'm not really doing much other than. And after you saying that on every episode you've been on for the last year and a half, two years, I followed you while we were recording tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Posted like hardly anything actually in quarantine. <laughs> Wayne, what about you? Uh, my Instagram is the best place right now. I have been doing a daily photo, so which are available. Many of them available on various things on Redbubble. So, uh, and that that's it. Other than that, it's Groundhog's Day here. Link in the show notes. 
Palindrome Hannah. Oh, it turns out I did post something on Instagram back in <laughs> April. <laughs> so I guess if you want to see what I post, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Hanley Rogers, but the Hannah doesn't have an H at the end. Uh, it's non palindrome which is weird. It's not palindrome. Well, it's because it's Instagram is strange, but you can also follow me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers. And I'm not really posting my own things, but sometimes I'm replying to other people now if it's about cats. <laughs> which is really the most important content on the internet, which we did not really cover the uh oh oh i'm sorry comforting thing that has to be added in highly recommend the oregon zoo uh instagram feed partially because they have a new baby red panda so if you need some eye bleach and or emotional bleach to like cleanse whatever's going on go look at baby red pandas uh what's cute um you can follow me on twitter or instagram or facebook all the places always at chris maverick you can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com where i haven't been writing anything lately but i've been meaning to i've been i've been really really grumpy about people making really stupid political opinions so i'm might there might be one of those in your future in the meantime you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we talk about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. You can give us comments on the show. You can um, suggest topics to, for us. If you enjoy the show, we certainly hope you do. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And most especially, subscribe to us on YouTube. As I said, we we have a new YouTube channel. That's fun to uh, fun to watch. Please subscribe to us there. We need to get to 100 followers so that we can actually get a custom URL, which is one of the things is the first milestone. And then we'll worry about monetization. You know, we're all poor. <laughs> Most of us are unemployed. So, so follow us there. Leave us a five star review, especially on iTunes. If you leave us five stars and write something, if you write us a review, that helps boost the algorithm, makes us more popular and really helps us out. We would really appreciate that. I would like to thank Maximilian of Botform Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank you at home for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about? Yeah.